Let's do this. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am the Slow Chemical. This is your Monday show. You know what we talk about on Mondays. We talk pro wrestling. And just uh, so you guys know, the next two Wednesdays are recorded and in the books. This week, we'll talk about Injustice, the animated movie. Next week, we will hit the finale of Titans and my thoughts on season three where I think season four will go. So those two shows are already locked, stocked, and in. And this show is about to be locked, stocked, and in as well. And I was going to actually do something different and talk about other, like AEW. And then as I'm writing my notes, I was like, as you guys know, I very rarely keep uh, thorough notes. Um, But I actually decided, because there was so much that happened this week, and I was really just, um, it was a lot of good stuff that happened this week. Um, I just was, and stuff I enjoyed watching, you know, I feel like it was, I feel like it was the first time I actually enjoyed watching a lot, like, like everything, you know, um, not everything, but you get what I'm saying, like enough, um, that I just was like, let me make my notes more thorough and in the process of doing that, I kind of, well, I guess I could still do it the way I wanted to do it. First of all, for you guys are asking, um, Dylan from Figure Four Foes on Instagram, we've been trying to hook up on the recording. It just hasn't worked out so far. I will try to give him on one more time uh, before the end of the year for sure to do a Monday show and talk more figures. We haven't talked figures in a very long time. Um, actually, I have a few things I'm excited to talk about. and. Um, as far as AEW figures go, let, let, since that's the first thing we're going to talk about, let's hit that up real fast. Just in the mail, two or three days ago, two days ago as this recording, because I'm recording this on Sunday before it comes out on Monday, I, my Lance Archer and Nala Rose finally came in. They are, as the kids would say, fire. Um, Lance Archer looks just like himself. It's, he's taller, a taller figure. Um, we'll get to him and what happened to him in a second. Um, and Nala Rose looks just like Nala Rose. It's, it's a badass, uh, figure i love even though it's only five women figures the only one that doesn't look like herself for the most part is Britt baker but it looks like a younger Britt baker um like a three-year-old Britt, like, like three years ago she looked like instead of this more polished Britt baker but every other figure looks just fire it looks absolutely dope the first woman to go um eight of figures keep hitting hitting and then it finally happened so after going to the store every now and then and i think the only variant I've ever purchased. Because, see, WWE allows you to purchase the variants from um, ringsidecollectibles.com, right? The only variant I've ever purchased is, is the Keith Lee variant, right? I had never found a variant until that point. Now, I've seen the Keith Lee variant since. I didn't, I didn't think to buy another one. But then it happened a couple times. I'm looking at my wall right now. I found the Triple H variant from the SummerSlam 98. I think I've spoken about that before, but it was another variant I just so happened to find. And I can't, see, and I don't see it on my wall, so I'm trying to figure out. The Shinsuke Nakamura variant uh, with the brand new Intercontinental Championship. That's the other variant I found, and he wasn't in the blue and black; he was in the red and black. Now I finally found it. I've been going like it's been like really stir crazy, right? And this is being dramatic. But it's funny because I'm on Instagram, 
do, 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 no. And as I told you before, I'm barely on Instagram. But it's funny because I see people who will do a road trip, will stop at every Walmart and po possible, and they'll find like eight variants on the way. I'm like, how is this possible? How is this just possible if I, there's only 5,000 of these made of millions? Well, at the time, I believe it was only 3,000 made. I believe on the new etiquette from Jeremy Potter and uh, Jazz Words that was made 5,000. But either way, I was like, this one dude was like, I, my brother drove in after doing a road trip and he found two John Moxley variants or this variant, right? Because you can't buy the AEW variants, they're Chase variants for a reason. Chase variants. That's uh, the word. WWEs are just variants. Air quotes. New air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. So I'm going in Target or whatever. And I was buying a new candle. And what I like to do is I love Yankee candles because their scent is just, it's a real scent. The scent lasts for hours, you know. Um, and so I go to like Target or whatever. And I get the ones that are out of um, season. Because if you go to Yankee Candle Store, my sweet Jesus of the Crush is spending $40 for one candle. But these, they're out of season. It's like more like 15, 16 bucks. But still, it's, it's, a, it's a pricey purchase. Um, um, so I usually only buy like two at a time. But it takes me months to get rid of my candles. So usually, um, that that's like maybe $45 a year. So it's not like a, an addiction. My count, no. The, the toys are addiction, clearly. I have a problem. I need to go to Toys Anonymous. But I'm in Target looking for candles, whatever. And so now I'm just used to stopping in the toy lane. And by the way, let me say something. Now I'm going to talk to Dylan when when I get him back on. Um, I've, I've heard some people say that they feel like the toy lanes are getting smaller and smaller and all this other stuff. And I feel like, here's my thing. When you're a toy collector and you literally collect everything, whether it's Star Wars figures, Marvel Legends, McFarlane figures... AEW figures, WWE figures. When you collect all these figures, it's gonna feel like the toy lane is getting smaller and smaller, and it's going all online. But I doubt very much places like Target and Walmart are dumb at business. They're just not. They might be bad customer service, in your opinion. Well, Walmart's a fact. Um, but he, they can only produce so much so fast, and when they do produce it, it comes out all at once, right? That's the problem with Marvel Legends. You know, also, that's my point. These people, these people are making millions, if not billions, on toys every year. Because now you have collectors, you have scalpers, you have kids. You know, this is this is a billion dollar conglomerate. They aren't, they're just not going to give it up. But when you collect so many things, sometimes some things just leave the shelves early. Sometimes there's nothing to produce because it's going based off a television show. We have to remember a lot of times, wrestling is 365 days a year. So they're going to constantly have merchandise and shit like that every week. As to where something like Star Wars and Mandalorian, which I don't watch and I know nothing about Star Wars at all. They wait for their seasons to come out, their new season to come out. Like, here's my beef with Marvel Legends, right? Is it's, it's it'll be a drought with Marvel Legends. Three or four months with nothing, especially where I'm at in Colorado. And all of a sudden, boom, it'll just hit. And then you'll have two waves out at once that's hit that's hitting shelves now you as a collector and as a responsible adult <laughs> have to think about which ones you really want can you if you can afford these entire waves that and you want the entire wave more power to you but for the most part how many people actually want entire waves of every figure 
that doesn't matter what you're into. For the first time, I was telling this to, uh, to Dylan. Um, I can't remember even remember what wave. I think it's like wave nine of AEW figures. It's probably the only wave I'll get fully, and that's the wave that has Eddie Kingston in it and whoever the bleep else in it. But as I, was, I was looking, I said, like, "Man, that's such a strong lineup. I want all of them." That's the first time I've ever said that, though. Like now that I've gotten the Lance Archer and the Nyla Rose, I'm like, "Man, I should have gotten FTR." You know what I'm saying? But anyways, so I'm in Target. I'm just used to looking, and that to me, I just don't see the toy show uh, shelves getting smaller it just mean to, to me it's just like he, that these people may think that because their favorite things are not currently on shelves but once these shows come out we get we still remember we're still in the middle of a freaking pandemic as well the reason why it took so long for my lance archer and Nala rose to come in is because parts you know like my lance archer and Nala rose were scheduled to come in in the very beginning of uh september now here's how it works and i didn't know this until i spoke to dylan you know um, apparently when, cause there's a bunch of people who buy full waves in order to get their waves first and then they kind of cherry pick the figures they want and then sell the other figures, right? You know, you wouldn't know this unless you're in the toy community. And so, um, collector's community, excuse me. And so when you just buy one or two, even though I was pre-order one, you're just not priority, you know, cause they have your money. <laughs> so it doesn't really effing matter. And so a lot of times you get in the, the last of it, and if, if you have left over, then you get yours. But no matter what, you're guaranteed the gigs you pay for it. It's not guaranteed when. And so to me, that's the thing you have to be mindful of with you when you're pre-ordering these things. Anyways, the point is, I just don't see these shows getting smaller. It's just like, dude, people are collecting so many things. They're into so many things that it's like when something has a drought, it's like, well... It's because these guys can't, these guys can't handle, it's not that they can't handle it, everyone's just buying it. Like, to me, like, the last two waves I've seen, let me look at my wall really quick. Yeah, so, literally, I went from not seeing any Marvel Legends for, like, three months to walking into a Walmart, and I was just bored, wasting time before I had to go do something, and the Spider-Man Far From Home wave was out, and the Super Villains wave was out. And the Iron Man wave was out with uh, Riri Williams' heart. Like, like, it just, it was so much at once. Now, the good thing for me is I am very picky collector, or, I ha or I'm the kind of collector that I have, I have stuff from before. So, like, I don't need updated stuff unless I want. Like, I just saw Hasbro um, did some pictures for uh, their 2021 Hasbro Pulse reveal. And the only thing I seen on there was a, a comic book accurate Baron Zemo, which looks badass, right? But everyone else has such a thirst, and it feels and it feels like it's like I need to have all of them just to say I have all of them. I don't need that feeling. I matter of fact, I don't want all of them. That's way too many. I have too many figures as it is now. Like next year when I move and I'm moving to parts unknown, and like um, I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna have some hard decisions of what where I put most of my stuff because the the wrestling figures. Well, I don't know because even then, most of my collection also. The collection I have with me is like maybe like maybe ten percent. It's gone up to like ten percent now if you include the AEW figures of what I actually have. But my bigger collection is in freaking Atlanta, and that's gonna be some real tough. See, that's why it's also hard for me to buy stuff because like I don't know what I don't remember what I have. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Like when I got Honky Tonk Man's autograph, mic drop, um, on at, at Colorado Comic uh, Colorado Springs Comic Con, excuse me. Denver Comic Cons this weekend, by the way, and I will be there. We'll talk about that um, a little later, though. Um, 
when I got that, I was I went out and bought this honky tonk man. It was just a like loose figure or whatever. And after I bought it, damn, I just wasted money because I, I I think I, I think I have a honky tonk man. So I just so happened to to be going to Atlanta for a couple of days. So I went to, to my my place in Atlanta. I'm checking, I'm checking. Sure enough, as I'm going through my collection, one I have this elite Bret Hart with the Wing Eagle Championship. Shout out to Reggie Parks and rest in peace. Um, that's badass. I was like, I didn't even know I had this. I had no clue. I don't remember her buying it because I'm just I just was buying stuff. I have a Paul Heyman action figure with Brock Lesnar. Didn't know I had a Paul Heyman action figure. You know, then I found my Honky Tonk Man in red. And it's funny because when I met Honky Tonk, and I've never posted the picture. It's actually on my, it's my screensaver. I should probably post it now I say it. Um, he was so nice and so chill. Just talking about going up and down the roads. And he was offer. I, I, as I've said this before on the show, I am very much a fan that, well, especially since I'm, I work at the cons now, I'm trying to get in and get out wherever, and sometimes just, like, Britt Baker doesn't want to talk to you, period, you know, um, unless you're a young lady or whatever, which is cool, I don't care, Moxie is just my mayor person, but a lot of celebrities actually want to talk to you, they actually want to go out of their way to talk to you, um, and he was one of them, and so I'm sitting there, and this time I wasn't in a rush, because I actually did my, my panel, I did my thing, and I was ready to get the bleep out, and so anyways, I'm sitting there, and he is, and he was like, oh, this is a cool one. He's like, what do, you, do you want me to sign it in red? Because his outfit is rested. Yeah, you're in red. That would be kind of cool, right? He was like, hey, and no need. These are his words in our mind. He said, hey, no need for you to go to get authenticated because guess what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a picture. I was like, all right. And he had a replica intercontinental championship on his desk. He says it's not the real one, though. He said the other one's a little heavier. But he says he has it at home. I said, like, oh, that's cool. So he said, hey, I'm going to hold your action figure. So that way people know I'm the one that signed it. You're going to hold the Intercontinental Championship. And we're going to take pictures together. And he just he's super friendly. Continued to, I believe his daughter was the one who took our picture. Anyways, it was a super fun time. But the point is, like, that's why I can't constantly buy stuff. Because I know I didn't have a Lance Archer. <laughs> Not obviously. But stuff like WWE figures, I don't remember. Stuff like Marvel figures, DC figures, I tend to have a better outcome of, you know, I tend to, have, I tend to know better, but dude, it's such a risk for me just to, to buy stuff, because it's not like I have these figures and I want devils, I don't want devils, as a matter of fact, anyone tell you, I hate devils, one, unless, I, unless it's like a warranted devil, like I got an AEW Miro, and I have a WWE Miro, but I met uh, Miro and I, and when he was in Denver, and he signed a piece of paper for me, and I, and I just happened to walk into um a, a target and i seen a, a, a rusev and, he, and i just tacked on the autograph on that one um but stuff like that's different um either way i'm gonna eventually open some of these figures anyway you know because i still have that like large scale ring coming as well which is gonna be crazy on where i'm gonna put that i have no fucking clue but anyways the point is it just depends on what you're into and because so many collectors are into literally everything every genre every anime include all like, dude that's the, the it's gonna get to the point where these these places don't know how to market like the pittsman target and walmart don't need to market aew and wwe and marvel legends and mcfarland that or star wars that markets itself they probably don't know how to market one punch man to the western audience to make sure that it leaves their shelves these things don't usually stay on there long the things i think i think stay on the, on the shelves long are like the marvel legends of like the movie MCU Marvel Legends, like currently you can, 
it's easy as bleep to find the Eternals. It was easy as bleep to find Shang-Chi. But when you get these comic book accurate characters, man, you ain't finding that crap on the shelves not very long. And when you do, you better pick that up. Because once you pick it up, then you'll see it all the time. After that, it's like, whatever to bleep. Anyways, the point of the story is I go, I'm going looking for Yankee. I said, no, let me just stop in. This is going way too long, by the way. Sorry. And so, um, uh, see how much I want to talk about toys. So, um, I then go there and, sh- and sure enough, it's like, I heard this big, oh, oh, and right in front of my face, a one of 5,000 chase variant of Darby Allen from the Unmatched series, right in front of my face right now, badass, super cool, and I just wanted to brag about it for a second, but I went too long. <laughs> but you see how bad I want to talk about toys, so me and Dylan, plus me and Dylan have been trying to get on, and I've had some people say they really enjoyed that interview, like a lot of collectors like, man, if you talk about that one time a month, I'll be happy, so you know, I'll be happy for it too. So anyways, let's get into these AEW notes. The Eliminator Tournament has begun with Orange Cassie defeating Luke Powerhouse Hobbs. I think, what's his name? Is his name Luke? Or am I thinking Luke Hobbs from the Fast 9 series? Powerhouse Hobbs, doesn't matter. Um, he will advance. He will see the winner of either, uh, this will be on Wednesday in Boston, of Dio, Dark Order number 10 and John Moxley. Moxley cut a promo, which was a fantastic promo on Dynamite, saying how, he doesn't care about anything, but in order to get home to his daughter, he has to go through everybody. So we're going to see a fun match there. And obviously, I believe John Moxley is going is to face Orange Cassidy in the semifinals. We also had Daniel Bryan defeat Dustin Rhodes. And we had Lance Archer defeat, excuse me, Lance Archer lose to Eddie Kingston. And I don't know who was supposed to win this match, but after Lance Harper, uh, Lance Harper, listen to me, after uh, Lance Archer uh, botched a moonsault where he landed right on his head. And at first, because I, I don't, that's why I watch, like watching TV on phones, because to me, I, don't, I can't see at all. And at the time, I was off doing something, so I, I was watching Dynamite. And uh, my seeing the moonsault, first, I was like, man, did he hit his head? Then I was like, I don't know if that was on purpose. I, I just couldn't tell. But then the more they showed the replay, and the more I was like, all right, he's really hurt. He got in the ring, Eddie rolled him up, and that was it. And this was, to me, this, this it, it was look, Eddie. Uh, Eddie was looking, was getting beat down before this, and I loved every second of how they let me Lance Archer look. I don't know who's supposed to win. Maybe Eddie Kingston was supposed to win anyway, but they made Lance Archer look like a monster here, just beating the hell out of Eddie Kingston. And unfortunately, that bump happened. He did tweet and say that he he's much better. So shout out to him. Feel better on that note. Um, sorry you had to, sorry that happened to you. Um, Cody Rhodes finally defeats Malachi Black. In a hell of a main event, I thought it was good. I'm sure people look here to me. I thought no, it's not anything, but I was hoping, I was sniffing the hopium that they were gonna go with the, the, the Tommy Dreamer Raven story from ECW. When I say that for you, for you guys who don't know, Dreamer ha- always lost to Raven. They would have bloody wars. He always lost, and the only night he ever beat Raven was when the night Raven was leaving to go to WCW. And so to me, it was just a great story about how he couldn't beat him. Now Raven just had his just had his number. I felt like this could have gone, and who knows when Cody Rhodes is gonna get a world title? He, Cody Rhodes will be at least a one-time AEW World Heavyweight Champion. I'm assuming that's gonna come as a heel because that's how he's gonna worm his way into a title match and say, "Hey, I, that that stipulation is whatever." Right? I was thinking that it was gonna be one of those situations where. In order for him to get the world title shot or to win the AEW Heavyweight Championship, 
he was going to have to do something he had never done. And that was defeat Malachi Black. And now, for as much as I was enjoying the Rocky vignettes and everything, that's what I was hoping for. Not necessarily because I think Cody Rhodes buries talent. Or... I, I just don't feel that way. But this was a hell of a match. They both got color. They did. First of all, they were crazy for doing a crossroads. Because the crossroads, Cody's taking 90% of that bump, even though it caused Malachi Black to bleed. But this was a, a brawl. And then... Arn Anderson came out in the ring, and this setup took a little too long. He's in the ring looking while they were both outside. The referee didn't say anything. It's clear they're setting up for something. Andrade comes out, points his Glock at Arn, because the night before on Rampage, during Andrade and Pac-2, Arn Anderson came out, pointed his, well, Malachi Black came out, and they started attacking Pac together. And then Arn Anderson came out, pointed his Glock at fucking Malachi and it seems like Malachi and Andrade are on the same page here and Cody Rhodes came out and started attacking Malachi Black or whatever well this was in return and all of a sudden Andrade's helper came in the ring he took a hell of a spine buster still the best spine buster ever and then as soon as he got up Arn Anderson got up Malachi Black spit the mist in his face which then led to Cody Rhodes coming back in he ended up hitting him he kicked out of one Malachi did of one crossroads he took a total of four in this match, went through a table. He took two in a row for Cody to finally get the win. If you couldn't appreciate this match because you're Cody hate, I don't even know what to tell you. But it was a fantastic freaking match. I loved every second of it. Um, Bobby, Bobby Fish finally won a match in AEW on Dynamite. And he ends up doing a little bit too much after the match, which brings out CM Punk. So it looks like to be the next few that Punk will be in. He, they're wonder. I'm impressed that they're really taking it slow with him. He's just working with the people he wants to work with. It seems like, and or whoever Tony Khan and him come up with together, they're keeping him out of the t- any title picture, which I love because once he gets in title picture, man, people are gonna want him to win that belt, dude. And by the way, I find, I did keep my promise. We'll talk about it later. I have the next four AEW Heavyweight Champions that I'm predicting right here on this show this week. Um, his name may come up on that list. Nah, nah, maybe not. Anyways, um, to me, I'm just very impressed. And Punk will make his Dynamite debut this Wednesday in Boston. He, I'm telling you, now, people, I have to say, I have to stress this. People don't, I, in my opinion, he is just, it's so good to have him back in wrestling for a lot of people that just, to, it's just a safer way just to keep him away from the title picture, dude. Daniel Bryan, you can keep in the title picture because you know what? He never left the title picture from WWE. His last match was a title match. You know, so I just think it's it's good all, all around. So, anyways, um, but to me, I was, I was, the best match in that was probably Cody Rhodes and, and Malachi Black. But to me, the moment of the night, I just enjoyed it so much, was Sting and MJF. MJF oh, he knows how to get nuclear heat. We already knew this, but Jesus Christ. He said, your friend Darby's going to be like your friend Luke Sluther in a wheelchair. Oh, my God. It was, it's like when he, it's like when MJF is talking He's like a rapper that just spits ignorant bars, and you're like, oh, ooh, uh, you didn't have to say that. You, you, you shouldn't have said, oh, but you did, you know. Sting ends up attacking MJF. Then out comes Warload. Out comes Sean Spears, and they just attack him. They lay him out. He gets hit with the diamond, the diamond dynamite ring. Uh, I finally got the name right. I keep calling him Bellboy ring. And um, the, uh, MJF sits down. Just holds his face. 
like the, the visual of a fallen icon of the fallen icon under MJF. Oh my God. This match between Darby and MJF at full gear, which is not official, but it's clearly going on, going to happen. It's going to be epic. So that was fun. Also, we very, really talk, uh, demos here or, or ratings. F when's the last time we talk about ratings on this show? I don't know. You guys let me, but, um, here's the thing. This is a big deal. The fact that WWE picked a fight to go head-to-head last week with Rampage, a taped show, which we all know is taped. And they still lost the key demo in the face-to-face. Um, that is... It's never going to be SmackDown. SmackDown is the A show now. SmackDown is the one that gets over 2 million viewers. SmackDown, in my opinion, is a show that can grow more so than Raw. Because Raw is just a, such a hard watch. Three hours is such a hard promise from a fan to, to watch for three straight hours, right? However, the fact that the WWE picked the fight and they lost is concerning. You know, because to me, there's, there's a lot of toxic wrestling fans. There's a lot of toxic fandom in general in anything, right? But my thing is, I think you you trying to split the audience when you have the chance to, it's just a bad idea. This is no longer... They, they don't have what WCW had. They don't now. Vince McMahon could very well come up with the next NWO, and and, and this and this whole thing will be moot. I just don't think he will. You know, I just think he he's stuck in his ways. He should keep doing what he's doing. SmackDown works. <coughs> Excuse me. SmackDown. <coughs> well, we get some water. My mouth is dry, and I was trying to go the rest of the show without it. But sorry, guys. Anyways, um. I just don't think you need to do it. I just don't think... I don't think your product is hot enough to do that. Um, wrestling in whole, as we'll see as we talk about the rest of this show, is hot enough. But not not your shows. you know. But SmackDown was a fun show to watch. I enjoy SmackDown. I obviously, I review it every week. But I just think he needs... They, they, stop picking. AEW could do the same thing too. Everyone could just stop picking. Let let everyone just watch what they want to watch. So, anyways, I said that was interesting. I said, let me talk about that a little bit. My take from it is, is just, you know, it's just a dangerous time to try to split the audience because the audience will split, and then you're stuck with nothing. That's where I still think I still think there are a lot of people like myself. I still think my, I still think, and this is me sniffing hopium again. There are people like me who just enjoy wrestling. Like, I don't have a favorite DC or Marvel. I don't choose DC or Marvel. I choose all comic books. Vertigo, uh, Image, Dark Horse. I choose all wrestling. I tend to watch all wrestling when I'm excited about your show. If I'm not excited about your show, I don't watch. If if I can find something about your show that I can enjoy, I will watch it. But I'll probably, probably only watch that one thing, knowing me. So, I just think, don't split the audience because you may not get some of those fans coming back to your site. You may take some from them, but they may take a lot more from you. The fact that you lost a key demo to a taped show that everyone already knew the spoilers to. Mm. Not good. Anyways, let's get to it. The next four AEW champs, and I've already I've been saying for the last year. I think I call Kenny Kenny Omega. You could just kind of see that. Uh, I've been I've been saying Hangman. So we're going to talk about what Hangman will win at full gear. I believe his run will last about four or five months, maybe a little. I say about four or five months. 
it will then lead to MJF winning and just getting nuclear heat in the process. Then the person that will defeat MJF will be CM Punk. I just think that program, I don't know. I'm a, And here's my thing. Someone like MJF, you have to let him look. Now, see, here's the thing. MJF has lost the last two all-out pay-per-views, right? He lost to John Moxley in the title match in the main event, and he lost to Chris Jericho. I just don't know if you want him to keep losing at the biggest show of them all, you know. Or it could be one one attorney, a, a, a wrestling someone brings up in wrestling, you know, because the split, especially the split between him and Wardlow is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen now. I could assume it's going to happen once he wins the world championship, and then he's going to be even more unbearable as it is. The one thing that AEW does that I like is that their groups are never fully together. Like, you'll have Inner Circle together time to time. When's the last time we see the Pinnacle together? We still know they're all, all, all one thing, but they're all doing their own thing. I just get the feeling that Punk is going to be the one to take that belt off him. But the person I feel is going to take the belt off Punk is bringing things full circle. I think it's going to be a short run, but he will be the man to take it off Punk. And that's Darby Allen. I think that that will be a, as they say, token run. Because I don't think that run will last very long. Because Darby's always going to be in the Shawn Michaels position. He's going to be better chasing. But yeah, I definitely feel like those are your next four AEW World Heavyweight Champions. Told you I was going to think about it. I did. That's my opinion. You guys tell me what you guys think. Moving on. New Japan. The G1 Climax ended in some unfortunate situation where... Okada would win due to ref stoppage because Kota Ibushi dislocated his shoulder. Um, and so it's just ended by ref stoppage. So, but Okada is your G1 winner for 2021. Let's hit some news and notes before we hit some raw news and some impact news this week. Um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was rushed to the sur- into surgery. Uh, blessings and wishes, uh, good wishes to him. That is just. Uh, Nothing that he can't kick out of, as they say. Uh, the top 10 women of 2021 named. I want you guys' opinion on this. I have some opinions on this myself. Bianca Belair, number one. Utami from Stardom, number two. Diona Perrazzo, Impact, number three. Britt Baker, number four. Thunder Rosa, five. Sasha Banks, six. Siri from Stardom, seven. Io Shirai, eight. Tom Nakano, Tame, excuse me, Tame Nakano from Stardom, number nine, and Raquel Gonzalez, number ten. So, my thoughts on this. I didn't. This is just fun for me. I don't give a shit. Like to me, I did disagree with Kenny Omega being number one. I understood why I made him number one. I, but I thought they could reverse him and Roman Reigns. But he literally went uh, went most of the year as being the belt collector. Like so, the fact that AEW was able to go to different companies, and by the way, he's still the Triple H Heavyweight Champion. You know, um, but he's not losing that belt before he loses the AEW World Championship. But he had three world titles at three different companies at one time. And he, he 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 was an old school champion. So I couldn't, it doesn't matter. It's just me, I would prefer Roman Reigns because of the work he was doing. At the same time, you can't, you can argue, but it's just futile. To me, the fact that Bianca was number one was awesome. Um, she had a hell of a year, man. Royal Rumble winner. Main events at WrestleMania night one, most of the year SmackDown Women's Champion. She's still over. Um, the way she lost the belt is tragic, but I, I think it's hard to argue. But Bianca Belair, awesome! Congratulations to her. Um, Utami was very, I don't watch very much Stardom, 
Um, so I had to do a little bit of research. She had a hell of a year too. And I would go into details, but I don't think most of this fan base of my show, uh, all 15,000 of you, uh, actually watch you st- watch Stardom. I've never had uh, anyone actually tell me to watch Stardom. So I've only done it because I'm a wrestling junkie. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo had a hell of a year herself. A great year herself. She's She kind of became a belt collector of her own. Um, once she got released from NXT, she made the... Like, I don't know if they regret not having her because they have the strongest women, the women's division in wrestling, but she showed them what they were missing out on. I think a big part of what turned them off about her is her look. Like, she's short, and even though she's fit, her body is very much stocky, but at the same time, I think that was more of a main roster issue. Even I can't even say that because she got released from NXT, and they had Piper Nevin, you know? And the way she looks, to me, is perfectly fucking fine. I don't give a shit, you know? Um, but I'm just saying for something that this man, I saw surprised she was in the finals of the king, the queen of the ring tournament, you know, cause I know he's about the look air quotes. Um, even though Piper Nevin is a great or do drop, whatever the fuck you want to call her is a great wrestler. Like to me, Deanna Perrazzo is a great wrestler. I also don't think, and she said this herself, I don't think they understood the character of the virtuosa character or whatever, like the fascination with the character. I don't think they truly understood that or if they cared to understand it, but a big part of it. And I think who else, who else said it though? Someone said about her look, because to me, I think Deanna Perrazzo is a very pretty woman. Look, looks great, everything. I just think what it came down to was her look at NXT didn't fit their look. And, and I know that's hard to sell because I love what Triple H has done down there. Um, in my opinion, I think that was a part. I do think that was a part of it, unfortunately. You know, even though he had her and even though he had new Dewdrop in NXT UK, um, I think Dewdrop has not really had a, tra- a chance to show why she was a great wrestler, or is a great wrestler, and it's why she did so much, so many good things in NXT UK, it just kind of sucks, you know, um, but anyways, she had a hell of a year, Britt Baker, we know the kind of year she's had, probably one of the matches of the year for, in wrestling, but probably the match of the year for the women's division, and I have, yes, I have been asked if I'm going to do a separate list this year, for fun, of the top 10 women's matches, I am not going to, I'm not going to say no, but that's going to be a lot of stress. I could probably do a top five, but I don't know. I got to think about it. Anyways, we we know that it's a, a match of the year candidate. Her and Rose, Thunder Rosa put on a hell of a bloodbath, a hell of a war. That's a feud that's going to be the feud that defines these two for the first few years of, their a, of AEW, in the women's division especially. It's going to be like on DVDs and shit like that. Thunder Rosa being an NWA, the one thing she's missing from her, rec, from her resume is a woman's world championship i'm believing in 2022 she's gonna be one to take that belt from freaking Britt baker i think she's the only one at this point that can Britt baker's gonna probably go to do the same thing that kenny omega did and that's probably run through everybody possible take conti is the number one contender currently right now until she gets to thunder rosa and that's gonna be her coronation so um sasha banks she she came in as women's smackdown champion Lost it at WrestleMania, was off for five months, came back, took off another month for reasons that are never our business. And I don't, I don't, she's such a presence, man. She's such a super, superstar, Sasha Banks is. It's kind of hard for me to knock this because she's a mega star. Like, like she's going to get to the point where she's trans, she's going to be the rock of women, period, bomb. She's going to run Hollywood from the women's part, in my opinion. Um, So I I can understand why he did it. Siri, another stardom wrestler. Um, Io Shirai, very interesting choice. Um, 
I, she's women's current women's tag team champion. I, she's it's because those tag team titles have been booked so poorly. I just love EO, but I just can't. I don't know if she belongs in the top ten personally. That's a air quotes hot take. Tom Nakano um, definitely belongs in the top ten, and Raquel Gonzalez has had has had a hell of a year. You know, she was one of the first. I think she was the first women's tag team champion, one of the first women's Dusty Classic, and now she's the current reigning NXT women's champion. It doesn't look like she's getting called up anytime soon, but you know, she's had a hell of a year. So I would probably move Raquel a little up. I probably would move her past EO at least. Maybe even past Sasha, if I'm being honest. As far as what they did in the wrestling ring. But that's just me. Um, and some peculiar news here. Supposedly, PWI is, uh, Insider is reporting that even though Isaiah Swerve Scott is the leader of Hit Row in NXT, and they made their debut on SmackDown this week, that the plans are currently for Top Dollar to be pushed as the superstar and for Adonis and Swerve Scott to be a tag team. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but very interesting. Um, we'll see how that works. Crown Jewel. Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar. Big E defeated Drew McIntyre. Edge defeated Seth Rollins. The Ustos defeated Hurt Business. Goldberg defeated Lashley. Becky defeated Bianca and Sasha Banks. Xavier Woods finally got his wish. He is the new king of the ring. Awesome. Zelina Vega is the first ever queen of the ring. RK Bro defeated Styles and Omos as freaking Matt Real came out on a fucking camel, dude. Hilarious. Uh, let's get into the show a little bit. I don't need to get into the King of the Ring or Queen of the Ring because I think the King of the Ring was more of the one thing that, that, that the New Day, if you can say they're missing anything, was an Xavier Woods to be, to be named a, the greatest faction of all time. To be even put in the subject, Matt, even the category, right? The one thing you could say they were missing was Xavier Woods' singles accomplishments. Big E, two-time Intercontinental Champion, but it, but even then, one of those Wayne Reigns came after in a, um, New Day appearance. Um, Matt Money in the Bank ladder match winner, WWE Champion, Kofi Kingston, Tag Team Intercontinental U.S. WWE. Nothing for Xavier Woods. I don't think he's ever going to be world champion. But this was his world championship. And he defeated Finn Balor in order to get it. I do agree with a lot of you guys. It's one, it's cool to see him get it. But two, it's just cool to see someone get it that cares about it. They're not going to, clearly, they clearly have no plans for this. This was just something that they wanted to have a special and do, right? But um, it was cool to see that. Zelina Vega, Queen of the Ring. I, look here, she, she went, she came back, got no wins. And now she's been on a roll. She, I hope she gets a world championship match out of this. She won't win, but hopefully she'll get one. Um, so, okay. The triple threat match in the women's division was awesome. I, I think the wrong person won, unfortunately. But it's clear they're building the Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair at Survivor Series brand warfare. Um, but I thought it was a fun triple threat match. They had some great spots in it. It was a great moment. Goldberg, we had to see him being like... We had to see, he had to get a win. It's been a while since he won. The problem now is, it's been a while since Bobby Lashley has won. So, somehow they need to get him back on track. Um, and he needs to get some quality wins and really get himself back. He's not getting another title match. But he needs to get himself back in the, the picture of winning. The Usos defeated the Hurt Business. Winning a great match. 
Edge, Seth Rollins tore the house down with a hell in a cell. Drew McIntyre and Big E had a good, fun match. Big E just, he's on a roll, man. He's on a roll. He's the right guy to hold that championship right now. And also, Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar. Nothing was settled in this, though. Nothing was settled in this. As Paul Heyman threw the belt in the middle, he said, you know what to do. You don't know who he was talking to. You have no clue who he was talking to. This whole thing has been an absolute freaking mess. And um, as far as just like, um, as far as just, there's no answers being, we're not going to get any answers probably until next year's WrestleMania. And, and from what it looks like to me, is like next year's WrestleMania is going to be a double turn. Paul Heyman is going to turn his back on Roman Reigns, align himself back with Brock Lesnar fully. Somehow I feel like he's going to get the Usos out of the picture. Somehow he's going to make that happen. And it's going to be Roman by himself. Roman's going to be vulnerable for the first time in a long time. It's going to be a double turn. Brock will go back to being uh, heel. Roman will go babyface. We'll see how this works out. Because as it is now, supposedly, Roman's, Roman is the most popular heel of all time selling the most merchandise as a heel. So they're going to do... I, there's no, this is just no way. Because I don't see them ever breaking up Brock and Paul. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a double turn here. Do I need to see another Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match? Me personally. Me personally. No, I don't. Um, but I don't know any other way as right now you get that Universal Championship off of Roman Reigns. You know, it just, I don't know. Let's just jump into SmackDown. Let's talk about it. Roman Reigns, you know, said, hey, I dare you to come out. And Brock Lesnar obliged. He beat the hell out of him. He beat the hell out of the Usos. Um, he ended up getting indefinitely, air quote, suspended. Um, obviously, the way to write him off TV. Um, but, like, to me, it's like, I, I'm just, this is, this reeks of it's not over. So I'm assuming it's got in that WrestleMania with with Reigns with Reigns Reign coming to a, to an end. Um, but he was suspended for attacking officials. Whatever. Um, Xavier Woods has coronation, which is pretty cool. He got his first ever "You Deserve a Chant." He mentioned that. Um, but the thing that people are going to talk about for a little bit is the women's swap, because boy oh boy did we see this coming, and everyone was hoping. It was not a thing. And then you're Sonya Deville saying how this is a momentous occasion. Yeah, it's not. They just did last year with the tag team championships. Yeah, no. And you literally just took like five title runs off Charlotte Flair just to add one more. Anyways, apparently Charlotte Flair was very vocal about how she did not want this to go down. She thought she would look weak. She thought it was just a stupid idea in general. Which it, she's not wrong. Um, she definitely was the baby face for that. Um, and apparently when she dropped her belt, it wasn't it wasn't supposed to go that way. Apparently, according to Flair, it was just an accident. Becky was supposed to throw the belt at her. But apparently then Becky was pretty mad that she dropped it and she had to pick it up. It made, it made her look weak and pathetic or whatever. Anyways, it feels like Charlotte Flair, in my opinion, this may be a hot take, kids, as, as, as the kids call it. Um... I just get the feeling, I don't know how long Charlotte Fleur is locked into a contract. I just get the feeling that this bitch is trying to get out of her contract to be with her husband. She seems like she really, her and, or I know they're not married yet, but if it just feels like, to me, it just feels like she's trying to get out of her deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, to be with him in AEW. Like, because to me, 
I think she has a lot of power in that company. Supposedly, also, she is a huge fan of Bianca Belair, and she, like, campaigned to go against the title spot because apparently this is what they knew they were going to do. Apparently, she said, hey, I want to lose to Bianca clean on Raw. And they refused to let her do it, which when I say they, you mean Vince McMahon. And then she was like, well, why ending a DQ? This is a stupid ending. Apparently, she just didn't agree with anything this week was happening, which... Look here, if this is all true, she is going to be the biggest baby face ever. <laughs> uh, for as much as people hate Charlotte, and, oh, um, she's not wrong in any of this if she thought these things. Um, here's the issue, though. It's clear they want Becky and Charlotte Survivor Series. And they had no other way of getting to it. And this is why the draft should not matter until they should probably have the draft the night after Survivor Series. If we're being honest, they should probably have the draft, or even then, now that SmackDown's on Friday, start the draft on Friday, finish it. No, just have it. No, that's, that's too complex, too. Too convoluted as well. Just have the fucking thing after a Survivor Series, the night after one night event. Period, bottom line. You have three hours, you can t- do all this in three hours. And that way, everyone, the brand supremacy is over. Nah, Lord, whatever the fuck. Or just don't do a fucking draft. That's another solution. But either way, if this was a problem, if any of this is real, which is PWI Insider is a pretty good, reputable source. Um, this is a making of Vincent Man's own pro- issue. He's, he, he, he's, he's, he did this. No one else did. Um, and it, it's, she had the right to be angry. You know? And, Because it's stupid. Everyone saw it coming, and no one wanted it to happen. So, last note on WWE: Russell Volts, who breaks a lot of news as well, says that Karrion Cross's look is gonna change once again to what? Shrugged shoulders. We don't know. So, if you are a Karrion Cross fan, I apologize. You're in for a long main roster debut. Oh, excuse me, main roster run. Looks like. Finally, let's talk Impact Bound for freaking glory. This would mark the last night of AEW and Impact exchanging talent, unless something else is drawn up, but supposedly that Saturday night would be the last night of their deal. Christian Cage was clearly going to lose the belt to Josh Alexander, which he did. He tapped out, put him over put him, put him over in a heavy way. Um, but can we take a moment to appreciate the last six months of, of Christian Cage? He debuts to an underwhelming thing because Tony Khan hyped up too hard. Comes out, has an undefeated record, defeats Kenny Omega, defeats Kenny Omega in the midst of Kenny Omega's hottest run in the States, wins the Impact World Championship, something he never done before. He had won the NWA TNA Heavyweight Championship, got another World Championship run out of this, main evented all out, main evented Bound for Glory. Like this dude did, like this, his. Love having him back. Congratulations to Christian. And good job to Josh Alexander. His reign didn't last long. <laughs> As Moose earlier tonight won the Call Your Shot Gauntlet, which is essentially their version of Money in the Bank. Moose comes out, literally spears. He calls a shot. Comes out, spears Josh Alexander. One, two, three, Moose now. The man that I thought was going to take the belt from Kenny Omega took, the, took it from Josh Alexander and is now your new Impact World Champion. And... I mean, off to the races they're going to go. And, and you know what? I'm interested in seeing that feud. 
I am, especially now that Alexander gave up the X Division champion. He literally gave up the X Division championship to get this title match. He got it. It's just unfortunate that Moose was waiting for him in the wings, man. And he didn't work at the same time. So, anyways, the last two things. The inspiration, for those of you who don't know who that is, that is the Iconics from the WWE made their Impact debut, winning the Women's Tag Team Championships, making them the only pair in history so far to win the Women's Tag Team Championships in WWE and the Impact Women's Championships in Impact. So, congratulations to them. And finally, Mickie James, the ageless wonder, the gorgeous thing, her gorgeous creature alone, defeats Deanna Perrazzo, ends the title reign of Deanna Perrazzo, wins the Impact Women's Championship. Congratulations to her as well. She just, she's making a name for herself too. She left WWE, said, hey, this is what I want to do. She, she produced the all-women's pay-per-view that came off really well. I enjoyed it. And now, and, she, and her feud with Deanna Perrazzo was been building since fucking I think June or July, and it culminates with her winning another women's championship and just adding to her legendary Hall of Fame career. She will be a Hall of Famer in in Impact and NWA and WWE. It's just it's just great to see. So, anyways, that is a marathon of a show. I went too long in that first story. I apologize about that. Got excited too, I guess. Um, but that's your Monday show. Check me out. Denver Comic Con. I will be there Saturday and Sunday, but Saturday I have a panel um, at 4 p.m. That's what they tell me. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> if anything changes, I'll be on Instagram. I'll change it on stories on Instagram. Um, if you if you don't follow me, you should follow me at Never Silver Spoon Fed on Instagram. Um, you follow me, I follow you back. I do nice DMs um, all the time. That's like we've been talking like in comments or something like that, but. Anyways, check me out at Denver Comic Con. Check out this Wednesday, Injustice, the animated movie review. I am the Slow Chemical. This is the Monday show. We are out.